your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Adrian gets the snap, puts it in the belly of Wandale around the left side. He's got a first down, 35-30, Wandale 25-20, 15 10-5. He is in. Touchdown, Nebraska. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Josh, I'm coming in for Ben McLaughlin tonight. You picked a good night to be with us. We're going to hear from the head football coach coming up here in a couple of minutes. Nebraska started their voluntary workouts nine days ago. So we're going to get an update on how that's been going with the Cornhuskers and some other topics I'm sure we'll dabble into what the loss of J.D. Spielman means to this Husker football team. And we'll broach the uh, civil unrest that we've been dealing with and how has that been handled around the football offices with the players, the coaches, what, what kind of conversations have they had? So we'll get into all that with the head coach coming up a little bit later on in this hour. Lots to, to focus on tonight. Not only do we have the head football coach coming up here in a little bit, but the MLB draft is underway. This year, only five rounds. Tonight, round one and the supplemental picks. I think there are 37 picks tonight. Then the uh, rounds two through five will be tomorrow. Uh, this was supposed to have been in Omaha. They had reserved the Holland Center up in downtown Omaha to have this draft be live from Omaha in conjunction with the College World Series. Unfortunately, COVID had other ideas, and that is not going to take place tonight. So we'll keep track of the draft. There will be some familiar names if you follow college baseball. If you follow just Husker baseball, you've, we've seen a handful of these guys that are going to go tonight in the first round. In fact, the overall number one pick is expected to be Spencer Torkelson. Detroit has the first pick. Torkelson was a first baseman for Arizona State. Nebraska played them in late February, early March at ASU. They played Torkelson and ASU in Lincoln. Uh, last April. So this is a guy that Husker fans should remember his name. Big power hitting first baseman. Looks like he'll be the first pick. We'll monitor that throughout the night tonight. So the head coach coming up here in a few minutes. And the other big Husker head coach of the day, Josh, is Fred Hoiberg, who uh, sent out a statement through social media today saying, in order to help create positive change in our communities, Nebraska basketball We'll use Election Day, which is November the 3rd, as an off day from basketball-related activities. We will encourage our student-athletes to register and use their right to vote so that their voices can be heard. Your thoughts about this statement from the head coach? I obviously love it. It's it's a good thing to hear. And, and Coach Hoiberg was one of the first in the Nebraska Athletic Department to come out with a statement last after last weekend and the rallies that started taking place around the country and in Lincoln also. But yeah, it, it's, it's good to hear. Um, and he obviously has put some thought into it, has probably talked with the rest of his staff and, and players about it and try to come up with some things that they can do, something that they can actively do to um, help create change and help to, you know, do the things that everybody's talking about to uh, make changes and make help some good come out of what's been happening over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I'm obviously all for what, what he said. This has been a movement throughout college basketball to go because that's right kind of that first week of the regular season is on that. Sometimes even that, that might even be the first day you can play. And there's been a lot of movement. I'm glad Nebraska has jumped into this to say we're not going to practice. We're not going to schedule a game. We're going to let our guys, if they are already eligible to vote and register to vote, go do it. Uh, give them ample time to go do that. There's also a big, you know, there, this has been talked about a lot from time to time, not just in the last couple of weeks, but that maybe we should make election day, particularly presidential election days, national holidays. So people have the day off from work and can go do uh, cast their vote whenever they want to do. So we'll see. Maybe that picks up some steam. Now we're having a lot more conversations about a lot of different things like that. But that was a, a great sign from the head coach to say that. Also, uh, it came out today that, you know, June 6th was when Fred Hoiberg was targeting to have his team back on campus to start to do some individual workouts and get the team back together. Apparently, most of the team is back in Lincoln. Two big exceptions, though, and that's Thor and Ivan. And there's a reason for that. They're both overseas. Thor back in Iceland, his hometown, his home country. And Ivan went back to France, his home country. And right now you can't fly back from those spots into the U.S. So they're going to be delayed 
getting back on campus how long i don't know it could be it could be three four weeks five month it could be a little bit of time before they allow travel from europe back to the united states so those two young men are not here but josh i wanted to reference i was poking through cbssports.com today their college basketball site they've got a story up about some of the top 20 25 transfers that are making their way around college basketball and kobe king who left wisconsin midseason last year and has chosen to come to lincoln is one of those guys on the list and that's a guy that's already shown he can play at a pretty high level in the Big Ten Conference. I hope Husker fans aren't sleeping on Kobe King. I think he's going to be a big addition to this team. Yeah, I, I think the the probably the household name or the biggest name from this last signing class was Teddy Allen. And, you know, the, there's a reason why. He has great talent. But, yeah, Kobe King is probably, in my opinion, the, the best get of the class. He, like you said, he played at Wisconsin at a Big Ten school. So that's obviously huge. Whenever you have that kind of experience, that means a whole lot. And he's going to be leaned on. There's going to be a lot of guys that are new to this team that are going to be leaned on. As you mentioned, the two guys that are returning or two of the guys that are the main returners are, aren't even in Lincoln right now, which yeah. in some ways is okay because, you know, you know that they know the system, they know the coaching staff. And so you'd like to have them all together and start building some team unity um, like they were able to do last summer with that squad and especially when they took that Italy trip but um, there's still time for that to take place hopefully they get back here in you know the next few weeks but that's to be determined um, but yeah the Kobe King is definitely going to be a big part or will hopefully be a big part of this roster once the season comes around now he left Wisconsin at semester so by the rule of the law he would not be eligible in Lincoln until the second semester he will appeal that and I, I gotta believe that's going to get cleared I mean we've seen a couple of cases similar to Kobe's that it's been almost rubber stamped that they get cleared from the get-go I'd be shocked Josh if he's not ready to go opening night well and that's what I was going to say the I almost assume that he's going to be, and that's probably not a good idea because the NCAA is not super consistent on these things. Whenever you think that they're going to do something, they do the opposite. But you're right. This is, I feel like he has a really good case. The different things that he has in his corner, I think, make a really good case for him to become eligible right away. And the other thing, too, is who, who knows if the season is going to take place on schedule either. All these other sports are talking about wanting to be done by the end of um, end of November and being able to, you know, so that they, in case a second wave of coronavirus comes around, they aren't playing in December and January. So there could be a chance that they push back the basketball season, and then that would be really interesting to see what they end up doing with eligibility cases like that. But I'm assuming he'll be on the floor for the Huskers opening night, but again, you never know. That's that's a good point. We, we, you know, we, we have focused on football. Obviously, that's the first one out of the gate, and volleyball. We had John Cook on last night to talk about what they're thinking. Basketball really hasn't been talked a lot about. Now, what, my, my feeling is, okay, I, I, if, if I were advising them, I'd say start when you're supposed to start. Yep. Play what you can play. If you have to shut down for a while because of a second wave, you still would have ample time in the spring, late winter, maybe to pick it back up and finish it. But go as, as planned. Get those November games in. Nebraska has a trip. Is it the South Carolina that they're playing in a tournament? I, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. I should have yeah. prepped on this a little bit. I think they're in a South Carolina tournament right around Thanksgiving week. So they'll get six, five, six, seven games in before Thanksgiving. That'd be a good chunk of your non-conference that you could get in before, you know, something maybe bad happens. We hope it doesn't. We hope that the science community comes up with a remedy, a vaccine, or something to combat this in six months' time. But you never know. And you're right, viruses tend to crop up more in the wintertime, and that's when you would anticipate something like that happening. But if I were advising college basketball, Josh, I'd say – Start when you're going to start, and then if you have to stop for a month, six weeks, two months, whatever, you may have to do that, but then you can pick it back up and finish it from there. Right. I, I 100% agree because, yeah, the, the season usually starts around November, so um, right about the first day of November. And, yeah, those the date of the Myrtle Beach Invitational in, Mer South, it is. in South Carolina, that'll be November 19th through the 22nd. So the Huskers will be 
taking a part of that, at least they're scheduled to, and then they also have the only other uh, game actually on their schedule is against Kansas State December 19th uh, down in Kansas City. So they do have a couple games scheduled, and I'll be curious to see if, if college basketball announces any kind of plans or, um, you know, I agree. I think that they should probably just start the season on schedule, but even if they're planning on doing that, what is their backup plan if the season gets halted in, say, mid-December, right around Christmas time? What, what happens then? Are you going to pick things back up? Are you going to just skip the games that are on the schedule and pick things back up in a couple months? Well, what are you going to do? I, I will be curious to see that, but I agree. They, they should probably start the season when it's scheduled to start. Yeah, selfishly, speaking on behalf of the Oscar Sports Network, I don't know how we would juggle everything if we've got football, volleyball, men's and women's. Let's say basketball decided to back up and start in October. Holy cow. Well, I'm not sure how we could squeeze everything in. It'd be crazy. (laughs) It's already enough. Most years we have a a few weeks in the month of November where there's some overlap. But if you you moved it to October or even earlier than that, that that could get pretty crazy back here. Oh, my my goodness. It'd be crazy. It'd be, it would be crazy. All right, the MLB draft is underway, and as predicted, Spencer Torkelson is the number one pick. The uh, big-hitting first baseman from Arizona State uh, goes to the Detroit Tigers, and up on the clock next are the, I think it's the Baltimore Orioles. Yep, Orioles. On the clock. So the Orioles will get the second pick in the draft. So Torkelson, a guy that we've seen twice now uh, with the Husker team in the last two years, is the number one overall pick. Uh, no big surprise, big-hitting First baseman for Arizona State. I'm delighted to be joined now by the head football coach, the Cornhuskers, Scott Frost. And it's got to be nice for you to be back in in your office at Memorial Stadium and actually see face-to-face your coaching staff and even some of your players. It's got to be a good feeling for you. It is good. You know, we got the majority of our team back. I love uh, where our team's at from a team and culture standpoint. And having those guys back in the building, I feel like they're they feel like they're back at home, so it's a good step in the right direction. You tired of Zoom meetings? I am. <laughs> uh, you know, you just want to communicate more cleanly and see people face-to-face, and uh, Zoom's certainly been a good tool for us through this to at least get something done, but certainly not as efficient as being in a room with, with people. All right, you've had them back, the players back for over a week now. How, how's it gone? Have there been any issues? No, and we talked about some about this publicly, Greg. You know, right when this started, we we had to facilitate some kids that were coming back to Lincoln anyway. So we started to roll out a plan in, in conjunction with uh, some experts on uh, the virus of how to reintegrate our kids into the community and do it in the safest way possible for them and the Lincoln community and the state of Nebraska as well. So th- this process has been going on for us for a long time. Um, you know, we're we're uh, kind of addressing each problem as it comes up, but I, I, I think our team, our football ops staff, and our strength staff have done a great job of rolling out the plan that was there, and we've been fairly problem-free through all this, and it's just good to have everybody back. What kind of shape are most of the guys in? Have you been able to get reports or just by seeing them walk up and down the halls, can you tell? You know, we've been working for a while, and the vast majority of the guys that we're going to need to win uh, are – almost football ready right now and and we still have some work to do from an x's and o's standpoint and uh things of that nature make sure we're going to need some live reps to get them really football ready at the end of the day but uh just as far as strength conditioning levels i feel really good about where we are we saw an ncaa recommendation i think it goes to the sports council here in a week or so for a full vote it looked like they're going to give you about six weeks to get ready uh, obviously, there could be bumps in the road at some point in time, but getting back to the 20-hour work week, I think July 24th was the date of that, and then practices around the 7th of August. Does that does that jive with what you think you need to get this team ready to roll in September? Well, it's interesting, you know, because everybody's going to be at a little different point in that progression. Um, since we've had our kids a little bit longer, we're a little farther down the road, and I wish we could do more with them than what they're allowing. Um, but that being said, we'll take anything we can get right now. And uh, certainly some football stuff leading up to the first game is, is going to help us rather than just going straight into camp. 
Again, visiting with the head football coach of the Cornhuskers, Scott Frost, here on Sports Nightly. You, you got some uh, you got some closure on the J.D. Spielman issue. He is no longer now part of the program. Has put his name in the transfer portal. You went heavy wide receiver in the recruiting class. It's that's now on campus for the most part. How do you feel about that room right now? There's a lot of inexperience, but I know you feel like you probably do have some talent in that room as you look toward 2020. Yeah, that's been a position we've been trying to rebuild and get right uh, really since the first day that we stepped onto campus here. And um, just a position we're, we're going to need to be better. We certainly have some veterans that we think can help us, but we're going to be relying on a lot of new players there. And just as far as J.D. goes, you know, he, he's made a lot of plays in Nebraska. Um, I wish him the best. I think everybody here um, hopes the best for him. But, I, I, you know, in talking to him, I think – both parties were um, pretty sure that a fresh start and moving on was probably the right decision at this point. How much will you have to lean on Wandale? He's the most experienced guy in that room and certainly showed great playmaking ability for you last year. How much will how, how big a part is he going to have to be for that group? Well, he's going to have to be a big part of it. Uh, you know, we got Cade Warner coming back and, and – uh, Hickman playing receiver now, and, and there's some guys that have been here that we're certainly going to count on. Um, but Coach Lubick's going to have his hands full, too, and, and he's going to have to earn his, his spot as a coach trying to get uh, some new talent ready. And whether it's Omar or Alante or, you know, Marcus Fleming, Xavier Bett, Will Nixon, a lot of these new guys are our talented kids, and we're going to need them to come in ready to play. Coach, not only are, are, as a country we've been dealing with the virus, but now you add in the racial tensions with the horrific murder up in Minneapolis. Have you had conversations with your coaches, with any of your players about this? And, and, and um, obviously you, you, you coach an awful lot of African-Americans who are young and impressionable and want to be able to speak out. How have you handled all that? Just trying to communicate the same thing we do anytime there's an issue is we try to communicate as best we can and keep an open dialogue. I know there's a lot of people hurting and angry, and um, you know we, we don't claim to have all the answers. We just want to be there for our kids um, when they need to talk to somebody, um, when they need anything from us. And, you know, I, I don't think there, if there's anybody in America that doesn't feel terrible about what happened and I uh, think it was absolutely disgusting and inexcusable. I, you know, I don't know how to relate to them. Um, it's interesting talking to our players on that. You know, our, our players are in a pretty good place with it. And and sometimes I think, you know, on a, on a team, it, there aren't as many divides on a, a team like a football team um, because everybody's your teammate. And I think football sometimes gives you an opportunity to get to know and relate to people that are, don't necessarily come from your background. Uh, so we're in a little bit of maybe sheltered situation here, and, and it's positive for our football team, but um, also understand that that might not be the way it is everywhere. Back in the day when you played, you had the Unity Council in place. Do you have something like that in, in set in stone here now, or do you have plans for something like that? We do have that, uh, and it, it doesn't operate exactly the same as it did when I was in school, uh, but it's a, it's a concept that we've used as a staff at uh, Central Florida and are continuing to implement here at Nebraska, and just being able to give some of those veterans and leaders on our team more of a voice uh, has helped us and will continue to help us. Um, and and we're, we're listening to what those, those guys have to say for sure. Uh, and, they, and they have a lot of good points and, and their opinions on everything, and in, including this situation, are very valuable to us so we can understand and try to help them. At, at the end of the day, we just want to – safest, most inclusive uh, environment that we can possibly provide for our, our student-athletes, and we'll keep working to do that. Well, very good. Well, it's good to hear that, that the guys are back getting some work in, and, and so far you haven't had issues with this. And it, it does sound like you're following a lot of protocols that, that the folks up at UNMC have, have put into place for this. And uh, you've told me in the past you've had great communication up and down the administration at Nebraska, whether it be Bill Moose, Ronnie Green, or that type of thing. Um, I, Safety is number one, and, and you've kind of impressed upon that on me a couple of different times. That, that you're certainly keeping the well-being of these student athletes at the top of the list. 
Yeah, that, that's been our first priority, and it'll continue to be, you know, our, our kids' safety and well-being. Um, like I said, our, our second priority was the safety and well-being of the community, and we didn't make any decisions just on our own. I don't know the first thing about viruses or, or medical needs, uh, so we leaned on experts. You know, UNMC up in Omaha is one of the elite leaders uh, as far as dealing with this, and uh, they they gave us a protocol that we put into place, and uh, we feel real good about having rolled it out. You know, right away when this started, we figured we could either sit on our hands and do nothing, or uh, try to get ahead of the curve and um, keep our keep our kids safe and and try to move forward as a football team. And with the help of our administration and and the experts at UNMC, I think we've done a good job of that. You've also seemed to have had pretty good momentum on the recruiting trail, and I know that's been challenging too because young men can't come on campus. I know you've set up some virtual tours of the campus and the facilities. Are you pleased with the progress in that area of the program? I am pleased. Uh, you know, this is this is a unique year. Uh, I think there's about uh, roughly three times more kids committed than any other year in recruiting history at, at this point in the process. So uh, things are happening a lot earlier, and um, you know we we certainly want to want to try to get the right kids, and we're not in a hurry. But everything's just moving faster. Uh, it's kind of good for us that this year uh, we're probably going to sign a little bit smaller class, so we're able to be a little more patient and selective. And um, I think we're in a good spot right now. Very good. Well, Coach, we appreciate the update. Keep everybody healthy. Let's uh, keep motoring our way towards September, and hopefully we got some, we're watching some college football once we get to September. I'm feeling better and better about it. Uh, I think every week that goes by and, and things are changing, uh, we get a little bit closer to having an on-time college football season, and, and I think that's what our country probably would, it needs and everybody's looking forward to. Appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Time now to talk to Lane. His voice will sound familiar. And that ball's gone. Bye-bye baseball. His knowledge is endless. He looked so fast. It was unbelievable. He's our Major League Baseball insider. Just ate a brownie, so I'm ready to go. Lane Grindle. Well, unfortunately, probably for your sake, you're still you're still in your home. Nothing, you, still nothing to to do. No no games to broadcast. What have you been doing to fill your time? A lot of fishing. Um, yeah. Some pool, pool. We have a neighborhood pool in our little subdivision, and that is open. So we've done a lot of fish, uh, a lot of fishing, a lot of swimming, a lot of backyard baseball to kind of get our fix in there. Um, and I mean, a lot of that, really, to be honest with you. Um, we've gone on some hikes. I run a lot. And we just find all these different things to kind of keep our time occupied it really hasn't been bad when the weather's nice wisconsin's a pretty cool state when the weather's nice like this i mean there's all sorts of lakes and trails and just different things like that that you can you can occupy your time with so uh, i found myself on the boat quite a few times this year uh with buddies of mine that have fishing boats and i've gotten the little guy out there a couple couple of times as well and then we fish on some of the smaller lakes around here so you know what? It's been okay. I'd, I'd much rather be at the ballpark calling baseball, as you know, and I think we all feel that way. But um, we're going to make the most of the time we do have with our family until that time comes again. Something that is normal tonight for MLB is a draft, albeit just one round and the supplemental picks tonight. But at least you kind of feel like something's moving forward with a, with a draft happening. Should have been in Omaha, but at least they're having the draft. Yeah, that's too bad that they missed that opportunity to have it in Omaha. I hope that they'll they'll put that right back there next year and, and moving forward because I think that was going to be an unbelievable success. And, I mean, w when have we ever seen one of those types of things happen where Omaha's involved and it hasn't just exceeded expectations? I mean, the College World Series clearly is that. The swim trials clearly have been that. Um, you talk about the NCAA tournament when it's come to Omaha. It's obviously found itself in the rotation pretty regularly because of the job that they do, not just in packing the stands, but also in, in the way that they are so organized uh, with Mecca and everybody else that gets involved with those types of events and pulling them off. They know what they're doing. They do a tremendous job. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I think oh, the volleyball 
uh, when the Final Four comes there, too. You know, I don't want to miss out on that. I mean, there's just unbelievable things like that where Omaha has been so successful with. So the draft would have been just another one of those examples, in my opinion, and hopefully it'll get a chance to show itself next year. But uh, it's nice to have some kind of regular business uh, going on for Major League Baseball. And albeit the format of the draft's a little bit different than in years past, these five rounds, I think, are going to be fun. They're going to be exciting. I think we're going to pay a lot closer attention to who gets picked in the fourth and fifth round than we normally would with 47 rounds. Um, I think we're going to be looking at these guys, and, and we're going to know their names, and we're going to know their scouting reports and really have a good feel for all of these guys that get picked. And I think the other thing that's going to be interesting, Greg, is on the heels of this draft, the free agent signings um, with – so many really good players that aren't going to get picked, they're going to be available, but they can only sign for 20000 You know, what, what team's the most prepared in going out there and approaching these guys and getting those guys scooped up to really stock up their farm system? And what are some of those guys going to decide? It's going to be a little bit different decision to make between going to college and signing to be a professional baseball player when it's only a $20,000 bonus versus what sixth round or seventh round money or even higher than that depending on if a team wanted to go over slot to sign you in one of those rounds um, if that kind of money was on the table so I think that's going to be a, a really fascinating dynamic to follow I think teams that have done their due diligence in scouting um, and I think also Greg the cross checkers and the area scouts are going to be huge here because you 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 develop relationships when you're the area scout and you're going and you're watching these kids play you you get to know them a little bit, right? You get you get a feel for them. And so I think that could come into play with some of these things. If all things are equal, well, I, I trust this guy more, so I'm going to sign here. It's going to be a little bit like college recruiting probably to a degree. So I, I think that's going to be really fascinating to watch the couple of days after the draft shake out and then how it affects college rosters to bring it back you know, home to you and to, to Will Bolt and guys like that. How is it going to affect college rosters? Because you already have – guys coming back that you thought you were graduating, you're now maybe um, going to be able to, to, to add a few more guys that you thought maybe weren't going to be coming to school. And I'm not just talking about Nebraska. I'm talking about all these different programs around the country. Everybody signs some guys that they're not sure if they're going to make it to school or not. And then you kind of figure that out. You figure the math out later, right? Well, some of these guys are going to end up at school that normally wouldn't. And so what's the log jam going to look like on these rosters uh, for these college programs, too? It, it really is. All of this has created some, some really fascinating stuff. Visiting with Lane Grindle, our Major League Baseball insider. We're all keeping our fingers crossed that, that something can be decided here soon and that the, the guys can get back out on the diamond. Did I read somewhere where if they do do this, that you as a broadcaster aren't going to be allowed to travel with the team? Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely scenario is that uh, the, the, the broadcast team's will be broadcasting from monitors and not traveling, at least to begin. That doesn't mean it's going to be that way all season long, uh, but at least to, to start with. I think the, the concern here is, is, is health and safety, right? And you want to keep the bubble that these guys are going to kind of be in as small as possible. And so this is, this is one of those things that probably is going to happen, at least to start, and maybe – Maybe that changes as it moves forward, and it's been reported, obviously, all around the, you know, um, baseball writers and everybody else have, have, have thrown this story out there, and and it's the way I understand it's probably going to be the case at least to begin with, and and you know I'm okay with that. Let's 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 do what we got to do to be safe this year, to get ourselves through this year the best that we can, and hopefully we can get back to a little bit more normal 2021 season. But I think we need to do whatever we can do to play a season in 2020 and to have a full postseason and have a World Series champion and all of those things. And if, if that means right now we're not going to travel at least to start, um, then so be it. And let's, let's do it and let's do it with a good attitude. And uh, maybe hopefully we'll be able to travel before it's all said and done. But uh, everybody's going to have to make some sacrifices here, I think, to make this season work. And, and I think we're all on board with that. Ten years ago, when you were just a young pup, you were hosting this show, and Nebraska was in the midst of changing conferences. 
How much do you remember of that wild two to three week period of time as the host of Sports Nightly? Well, I, I remember, and, and you know this, summertime sports talks not always there's not always a lot to talk about, right? I mean, there's not a ton of sports going on in Lincoln and Omaha that's gonna that's gonna drive the needle, so to speak, in summertime. And so you usually are talking Husker football or whatever you can, and and so it was it was nice from that standpoint is that you had content every night because it was a it was constantly changing right it was a moving target somebody was reporting something whether it was true or not seemed like almost every single day and there were rumors just everywhere and so it was crazy it was really crazy 2010 the summer of 2010 it was wild and uh, I felt like we did a pretty good job covering that story in fact I really felt like a lot of people were hesitant to believe this could happen. And I got a lot of pushback from people saying, this isn't real. Nebraska is not going to really do this. And I had a feeling the whole time that they might. I, I just, I, I, I mean, I think you knew too, Greg, like there was just a feeling amongst the people that were the decision makers that made you think, I, I think they're kind of serious about this. And we had Coach Osborne in studio about, what, two or three nights before the announcement came out. And at this point, nobody had reported anything for sure. And I, I remember just basically telling Coach when he sat down, look, I have to ask you about this. And I know that it's an uncomfortable thing, and I know you probably can't say anything. But let me just throw you a softball, and we'll kind of go from there. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I'll just do you a favor. I'm going to ask you about it, but I'm not going to get overly specific um, because I'm on your team here, and, and, and I don't want to make you uncomfortable. And Coach, as he always is, was like, yeah, that's fine. He's like, just ask me what you need to ask me, and I'll answer it. So I did, and I just I started the question with basically, look, let's just get this out of the way right now. You know, Nebraska is being heavily rumored that they could be going to the Big Ten. What can you tell us about this rumor, about this situation? And Coach was pretty forthcoming with his answer. And I just remember the next day, Every newspaper in America picked up his quotes from our from our show, and that's when I think everybody realized this is happening. And it wasn't a confirmation from Coach that night, but there was there was really no denial. And I think that we we all could read between the lines that this thing was down the road a little bit at that point. And it was a couple of days later that Jim Delaney was in town, and the press conference was had, and and it was quite a deal. I, I remember at the time thinking this was the right thing for Nebraska um, for a lot of different reasons because I wasn't sure about the I, I think that the main thing I was concerned about and it, and it's maybe proven to be wrong but I wasn't sure about the viability of the Big 12 moving forward I felt like it was uh, a conference that was on the verge of completely falling apart and a conference that was turning on itself a little bit within its own membership and so I just felt like Nebraska should take the opportunity to get out and go to a really stable conference that you know is going to provide you a home for the for hundreds of years moving forward if they got that opportunity. And so that was kind of where I was at on it. I think that part has held true. However, the Big 12 has kind of been able to kind of piece it together and, and, and remain a, a very good conference. It may not be quite what I think it was in 2002 or 2003, but I think it's still – a very viable conference, maybe didn't fall apart quite to the degree that I thought it was going to. Um, but I think they also got some really good leadership in there not that long afterwards, and I think that had something to do with it too. But um, it was a wild summer, and then a year later, of course, it became official after one more year in the Big 12. Nebraska you know, officially left and joined the Big 10, and there was another big press conference uh, for that. And that happened to be my last night as the host of Sports Nightly. I was transitioning out of the show to be able to be at home at night with my kids. And I was just going to do baseball and football at that point and then work, of course, full time for the network with my day job. And I remember walking to that press conference by myself and just kind of thinking like, wow, that's kind of crazy. This is my last night hosting Sports Nightly in Nebraska's last day of the Big 12 conference, essentially. It was kind of weird how it all ended the same for me, um, but uh, it was wild. But it, it was fun. It was fun to kind of be at the helm of Sports Nightly during all of that because it was it was unprecedented at times. 
There wasn't a template for how to cover all of that, and we tried to cover it the best we could without totally engaging in gossip and rumors. And I think we did a pretty good job. Jeff Colhane was with me through all of that, and, of course, I leaned on him a lot. And uh, we bounced a lot of stuff off of each other, and we leaned on you a lot, too, even though you weren't on the show. You were the elder statesman in the office. <laughs> so uh, you had a little more experience than us with some of that stuff. So we leaned on you a lot during it, too. It was fun. I, that, that is my favorite time as a sports talk host in my career was covering that story because it was just so incredible to watch it unfold in front of you. Yeah. You probably haven't thought of the name Chip Brown since that, that uh, time 10 years ago. His name came up a lot, I think, on Sports Nightly during those era, that era. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to catch up. We hope the next time we're talking, you're at a ballpark or we've got we've got games scheduled. I, I think something's going to break here in the coming days. Good to catch up. Stay healthy, and uh, let's uh, get keep working on that tan. Yeah, I'll do what I can. I appreciate it, Greg. Thanks. Welcome back to this week's episode of Husker Huddle, presented to you by Sap Brothers, who say, welcome, be our guest. Today, our guest is former Husker offensive lineman, longtime NFLer, last with the Colts, he's with the Bears, he's with the Jets, he's with the Chargers, but he's number one in all our hearts. Matt Slauson is our guest today. Matty, how are you, buddy? Doing good, Searles. Uh, good to talk, talk to you. Appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely, man. You're one of those guys that was uh, a mainstay here at Nebraska, and then you walked the walk. You did the walk in the league there. So let's talk a little NFL football here real quick as we get started. No training camp, no OTAs. I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting year. I mean, what is your take on what the NFL situation is right now and how that might affect this season in 2020? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, this is, this is un, unprecedented times all over the world, and uh, – you know, in America, we're we're obsessed with foot, football, so it'll be really interesting to see what hap- happens, um, to see how how they'll go about, uh, you know, their plans for protecting the fans. But but also, uh, you know, when when you kind of hear some of the reports, what they're thinking about doing with opening stadiums at you know lim- limited capacity and all that, you think like, oh, that's that's great. They're gonna be uh, be protecting everybody still keeping the social distancing thing thing going but then you think well are they actually protecting people because the players are still on the field and i mean you you being an offensive lineman as well you know what it's like having a having a huge you know huge gigantic beast in front front (laughs) front of you and he's lined up four inches away from from your face and then you're smashing into each other and you know there's blood and sweat and uh, just stuff flying, flying ever, ever, everywhere. So I'm thinking, well, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't keep up with the social distancing uh, gui- guidelines. So, so I don't know how they're g- gonna do it. Um, all I know is I, I, I miss football uh, being being played, so I can watch it and have uh, you, you know, like in everybody's homes, it's it's uh, kind of a big important uh, thing in everybody's weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's basically impossible to socially distance while playing offensive line if you want to be any good at all. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how it works this year. I think it's going to be it's going to be one of those things that it either works really well or it's not going to work at all. But, Matt, you went in as a sixth round pick um, to the Jets. But talk about what it would have been like your rookie year if you would have had no OTAs and your first NFL experience with NFL players would have been the first day of training camp. Oh my gosh! If if I didn't have all those reps and and you, you know back in 2009 things were even were even more different. I mean it was uh, it was before the new CBA, a lot of the new player safety rules. So uh, there was so many reps to go around, uh, and actually we could still have doubles during min, mm. min, mini camps. No thanks. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, but 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 the point point of that is is there was just so many reps to go around the uh, the entire group and and you know the first uh, the first string string guys they were guys that had been doing it for for eons at that point I mean uh, uh, when I got drafted I think the Brigashaw Ferguson the left tackle was in his uh, you know sixth year center Nick Mangold was in his sixth year. 
uh, Alan Fanica, I think, was mm -hmm. in his 12th or 13th year. Brandon Moore was in his uh, eighth year. David was in his ninth year. Uh, so, so really, those guys just took you know three or four, three or four reps in every period, and then it was all the young young guys all the time. So, um, gosh, if I didn't have any of that and any of those those reps, I would have been completely lost, and you know probably would have changed the entire scope of my. Uh, yeah, I think that that's one thing people don't understand is I think that you're going to see an absolutely limited number of rookies that make contributions in the NFL this year because they are missing so much of this time, not just physically, but the mental toll of it well uh, as well. Um, Matt, as you look back in your NFL career, you have a lot of great moments. You played with a lot of fantastic players. I mean, who are some of the guys that as you've been out of the league now for, you've been retired for what, two years now? Yeah, a uh, little over a year, year and a half. I, uh, my last season played was uh, 2018. Yep. Um, uh, so I, I finally called it, uh, officially retired February of uh, 2019. So, you know, uh, almost a year and a half. And, uh, um, you know, it was a heck, heck, heck of a time. I, I didn't think that I would play as long as I did honestly I thought I was going to be one of those guys that would just come in try to hang hang on on uh, on practice squad for a year and then probably come home and and start real life um, but you know like like I said earlier the offensive line I came came into was an incredible group and and it was led by uh, you know one of the most fantastic coaches Co coaches I've ever ever been around and I know in Nebraska it may not be the most popular <laughs> thing to say but Bill Bill Callahan is a tremendous coach and uh, you know having that that group of men to kind of show me the way and Bill to teach me the way um, you know it 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 just ended up you know kind of turning my my dream in into a reality and then you know things just kept getting better and then I go to the go to the Bears and I'm able to play with some incredible players there on that line with you know Roberto Garza and Kyle Long and uh, you know Jermon Bushrod and have having a running back like Matt Matt Forte uh, and uh, a quarterback like Jake Cutler uh, and then after that going out to San, San Diego having to move positions over to center and getting to snap the ball to a hall of fame, 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 famer and, uh, Phil, Philip rivers and blocking for Melvin Gordon, uh, watching Antonio Gates, just, just catch everything. Uh, yep. and then, uh, you know, uh, after, after I left, left there, um, uh, going, uh, I was actually thinking about retiring, and uh, Chris Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, just called me out of the blue and said, "Hey, I need your help. Uh, we've got a group of really good good players. Uh, they just they're so young, and and you know, there's been a lot of years of of them just getting torn apart by the fans, by the media, uh, for giving up all these sacks. That you know, their confidence is low. So just we need you to just come in and show these guys." how to be uh how to be kind of a throwback style of an offensive line lineman um so i decided to play another year and uh and that was a lot of fun getting to be on the same line with uh anthony costanzo and ryan kelly and uh Quint quentin nelson um and uh braden smith and then week six of that year uh broke broke my neck and my back so that pretty much ended everything for me uh but my uh my backup um mark mark glowinski uh you know he did a tremendous job filling in for me so much so that uh <laughs> uh you know he signed himself a nice 18 million dollar extension and um and and my son is in here to say hello hello <laughs> um Hey, go on. Um, it was fun. Uh, it was sad to kind of see see it all end, but uh, 
you know, everything happens for a reason, and we're back in Nebraska now, and 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 just really excited just to kind of find out what's next. Absolutely, man. Again, this is Husker Huddle presented by um, Sap Brothers here at Sap Brothers. The top priority is to keep guests and teammates safe. Sap Brothers is offering full service at the pump as our nation relies now more than ever on drivers and farmers to provide essentials to our communities. Sap Brothers is committed to serving you. Well, I mean, that's a nice segue here, Matt, from Sap Brothers, considering now I think you're going to be coming a little bit of the farmer life. Um, what has retired <laughs> life since you closed that chapter on the NFL, moved back to Nebraska now? What is next steps for the Slauson clan that you got out there? Well, right right now, first and foremost, most important thing in my life is, is, is to uh, relax, kind of get my body healed up, figure out my golf swing, uh, <laughs> because I, I got to go go pro pro in golf mm. uh, my wife hates it when i joke around about that because <laughs> she says no you get one one dream and it's already done <laughs> so <laughs> you're all set on that uh but no we've been uh we bought a farm back in 2011 um and it's just kind of been sitting so so we're we're back we've been doing a ma ma major home renovation home overhaul um, that we started back in December. Uh, hopefully, we're getting close, close to the end. Ho hopefully, another three or four, four weeks or so. And um, my wife came up with a with a cool idea of starting a hol holiday farm. Uh, so that's something that's that's gonna be in our plans. Um, I uh, got myself a nice, nice big tractor and a big old planter so now uh, uh, you know we're just trying to figure out which side of the property we're gonna put it all 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 on and hopefully we'll have a nice uh, you know pumpkin patch Christmas tree farm um, you know just just a just a place where you know fam families can can come out and just have the farm farm experience Matt, before we let you go here, we got to talk a little Husker football. Um, year three, Scott Frost system. I know that let you and I did a lot of pregame, postgame show some stuff last year. Um, but I think moving into this year, this might be the first time that this Husker offensive line has multiple NFL-type players on it since probably my year in 2013 when myself, Spencer, um, Spencer Long, Brent Qualley, and Andrew Rodriguez all had shots at the NFL. What are you looking at from this offensive line this year to take that jump, year three Scott Frost system, but also just to how to be more successful? You did an indie with a young group as the old guy. Now you're the really old guy looking back on a young group in college. What would you say to this group if you got a chance to get in front of them? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm just PG look, looking for – Right, right. I'm, I'm looking for any and all improvement. I mean, we uh, – we're both familiar with Greg, Greg Austin, mm -hmm. the offensive line line coach. Um, uh, when I took over the starting role at uh, Nebraska, he he was our left 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 guard guard at the time, and um, you know he he was a really good good player. He's a tremendous coach. I've been down there watching pra practices uh, ever since I've been, been back and my son's here walk, walking behind me. So I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, the stuff he's, he's coaching the guys is great. It's correct. Um, uh, now it's just up to the players to, to decide inside of themselves and their hearts and their minds to just, get 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 it done i mean there can't be any more uh any more excuses about being being young or inexperienced a new system whatever uh now is the time nebraska needs needs to get get back i agree i couldn't agree with you more um again matt we really thank you for joining us we'll have to catch up more soon you and i got to get back out there and start chasing those gobblers around again here as season winds yeah, do. down but uh we thank you for joining us here on husker huddle presented by sap brothers um, and we'll be looking forward for when that uh, pumpkin patch opens up that there to come all hang out out there. That's right. Hey, I appreciate it, Searles. And uh, uh, for everyone out there who who is bored at home and needs needs something to listen to, uh, check check out my podcast, uh, Out of Nowhere. It's me and former NFL running back Dan Danny Woodhead. You know, Nebraska great. Uh, you know, it's just a uh, nice easy funny pod podcast where we we have some incredible guests Searles Searles has been a guest on our show and 
you know, we've had some, we've had some incredible guests uh, from the NFL, from the PGA, from the U.S. military. Uh, you know, everyone come out and give it a listen. Hey, that's awesome, Matt. I mean, where can they find that uh, if they're going to go try and find that? Uh, you can search for it on Spotify. You can go to uh, uh, iTunes. Uh, it's on I- iTunes in the podcast section. Just search Out of Nowhere Podcast. Yep, fantastic podcast, guys. If you haven't given it a listen, you have to. You'll laugh hysterically through the whole time. The, through the first episode, I was dying laughing. Uh, <laughs> you get a little bit more of unfiltered Matt, which is a great time. And then Danny always has some great takes as well. So, Matt, have a great rest of your day, man. Go play with the little ones out there. Swing that golf, and we'll look forward to your PGA Tour debut. <laughs> All right, Jeremiah. appreciate it. Awesome. Take care of yourself, Matt. Yeah, you too. We're back on a Sports Highly Wednesday night. Greg Sharp, Josh Hilkeman with you. If you've been tracking our Sports Highly Baseball League, we're down to the last couple of games of the regular season, and it's becoming fairly apparent, Josh, not to brag here, but <laughs> your team and my team are in the catbird seat to win our get win our divisions and have home field through the playoffs. Well, yeah, it's looked like that was going to be the case for a while this season, and then yesterday it Looked like we were both going to lose the lead in our division. We were both down to a game and a half or two-game lead. But now we've, after today's action, we've stretched it back out a little bit. So I think with two days left, I think it's safe to say that we're both going to win our divisions. But I'm still not 100% confident of that yet. The Roar Lions will have something to say about that, in a, at least in my division. But your magic number's got to be down to like three. It's There's yeah, six, I think it's six games left or something. Right, it's three or four. So it, yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty hard for me to lose it. But again, I'm not counting my chickens too quick here. It's been fun today. We had an amazing game today cool. between Austin's Rowboats and Nate Roar's Lions, where Austin was what up eleven to two and lost. Yes. It, he was up 11-2, to two and he, it was crazy because he had back-to-back home runs from Ken Griffey Jr. and Cody Bellinger, and then they did it again a couple innings <laughs> later. So they went back-to-back twice. He had Matt Chapman with a couple of two-run homers out to an 11-2 lead, and then all of a sudden here come the Roar Lions, and boom. They, they came back, tied it up, won, uh, hit the, scored the go-ahead run in the eighth inning and held on in the ninth, 12-11. That, that was one of the better games that we've seen on, on stream this year. That was crazy. Austin's team was crushed. Austin needed the night off, so we had to give him the night because yeah. he just couldn't recover from that one. Yeah, he'll be back on stream tomorrow, but he he couldn't have any part of Sports Nightly tonight. No. He needed to just rest and recover after that. That, that was tough because even still with that, he's only a game back of the Roar Lions in in the division. So he's he's fighting for home field advantage in the wild card game at this point. But yeah, he, he it's going to be a, a stressful couple of days coming up tomorrow and Friday. Well, again, 11 a.m., Monday through Friday, come join us. We've only got a couple weeks left because the playoffs start on Monday. But we, and we've been adding people to the chat room for the last couple of weeks. It's been fun to see more people jump on board. If you're yeah. having lunch, have a long lunch, pop it up. You can access it off of our Twitter account. We tweet it out about 11 o'clock what the matchups for the day are. It's easy to get onto Twitch and follow and jump in the, in the chat room. We get into all kinds of topics, a lot of Husker topics yeah. as well. So come jump on in. Two more days left of the regular season, then our playoffs begin next week we've had a blast with that and again thanks to dorothy lynch for being our sponsor throughout our snbl league this year hopefully austin can report for duty tomorrow after the crushing defeat he suffered today and nate did nate is merciless he he let him hear it after he pulled off that dramatic victory what an hour huh lane grindle our major league baseball insider and also another edition of the Husker Huddle with Jeremiah Searles and Matt Slauson here on this hour of Sports Nightly. we got a whole another hour to go, though. So come on back with us. Come on.